With the Z, uh, I have uh, Don Brockett with with us here today, and we have your. Um, we actually have your book. It's called um, "Unrestricted: How I Stepped Off the Tightrope, Learned to Say No, and Silenced Anorexia." So I'll, I'll, I'll kind of show that there here. Uh, unrestricted. Welcome, Brock. I'm sorry. Welcome, Don. Right, we're cool. We just use each other's last name as nicknames. <laughs> You can call me Brockett. That's fine. I'll go with that. There are lots of nicknames as well that rhyme with Brockett. So those have been used a lot. Oh, so okay. I can, I can roll with, and I have two older brothers. Got so it. So I feel it. like okay. you could call me anything. Probably. Cool. All right. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll stick to Dawn in the beginning, but as we get the, as we get the show warmed up, maybe we can try some of those, those alternatives. So, so tell me, guide me a little bit more through your um, career trajectory. And, and of course, uh, eventually I do want to get to the, get to the, the book, but maybe kind of start us off in the, in the beginning. Yeah. I mean, uh, at the very beginning, I, I love always to hear people's first jobs because they are never yeah. glamorous, right? Um, and I'm sure the first job I was paid for was probably like shucking corn or something, oh, literally. Right. Um, but uh, I was a dishwasher at 13. There you go. So my trajectory started there. Um, from there, I actually trained under a master chef in that kitchen for four years, uh, kind of unexpectedly, and ended up um, working as a professional chef through my 20s and put myself through college um, and ran my own business in that way. And then uh, 2008 happened, and it occurred to me that there was probably not a lot of viability um, and the, the sort of career that has, uh, you know, that can easily be walked away from in terms of, you know, you don't really need a private chef. Um, and, and with the crash, I just didn't want to be a victim of that. So I rediscovered my great love of medicine and from a supportive perspective. I'm not, of course, a licensed medical professional, but um, rediscovered that love, which we can certainly talk about kind of where that started um, in the late uh, 2000 single digits and started on the commercial side of pharma uh, for about 10 years, but always kept my eyes and ears tuned to the uh, R&D side, to life sciences. Um, and uh, now, you know, if you fast forward, uh, now I, I get to sit in this uh, really lovely community um, as the managing director of an um, organization called Cena Summit. Excellent. Excellent. And I actually, my first job was at 15 at a very popular restaurant. Uh, you may have heard of it, McDonald's. Nice. McDonald's. Yeah. So <laughs> tell me, tell me about this CNS, tell me more about this CNS summit. You know, it's a, it's an incredible organization and really just a vibrant community. And like I said, I just feel privileged every day to be a part of it. Uh, it was founded uh, 14 years ago by Dr. Amir Kalali. Um, and he continues to uh, chair it and is the CEO, and it is you know, absolutely his baby. And I get to just kind of work on the day-to-day the -day side of things. Uh, so Summit is a uh, community of, uh, in support of leadership within life sciences. So we serve biopharma, biotech, uh, CROs, sites, site networks, the technology uh, service companies that serve the space. And over-the-top sprinkling of regulatory investors, patient advocates, that sort of thing. Got it, got it. And what's the CNS? So when I first saw CNS, I was thinking central nervous system. What's the, what's the CNS? 
Collaborating for novel solutions. Oh, I, I literally very, very uh, confidently told Amanda, oh, it's central nervous. <laughs> they must <laughs> yeah, be doing, they must be that. doing, it's a neurology, it's a neurology group. It's I'm probably glad. because you didn't have to work your first job till you were 15. We both had to start at 13. 13. So. <laughs> now, where, where were you at 13? I was a cashier at a, it was called Olympic Gymnastics Gym. So it was a Olympic gymnastics, gymnastics gym. Yeah, and I uh, I was paid with an envelope of like cash and, and coins, wow. so I'm not sure if it was <laughs> under the table sort of thing. But then you know I went to the vet after that. In my high school years, I worked as a kennel assistant at the vet. That was my second job. So all of the grossest things that you can imagine having to do in the back of a vet's office—that's what I was doing. But wow. you had to be surrounded by animals. Which is it's great. true. There were pros and cons, yeah. definitely. Yeah. I was paid in cheeseburgers, and then, and then I got promoted and demanded McChickens. So, uh, not cool. even the McRib. <laughs> oh, not even the special Don't even get me started about McRib. I'll take this show completely well, yeah, how, how, off the rails. How you... long were you at McDonald's? Enough for several McRib. Uh, only only one McRib. So, so apparently the McRib was like popular way back, right? This McRib sandwich where it's like a pork sandwich and barbecue sauce. And we ran a promotion when I was working there when I was whatever, 15 or 16. And we brought back the rib. It was really popular, this McRib. And one day I was literally out in the lobby cleaning like the, the men's restroom or something. And, and this guy, he's like, hey, good afternoon. How are you? I was like, oh, yeah, I'm good. How are you doing? He's like, oh, uh, really good really good that mcrib that McRib, just don't tell me that you're just don't tell me that you're ever going to get rid of that mcrib again and i was like actually uh uh today's you know sorry today's the last day and his face just i remember it now you know whatever 20 plus years later his face just dropped he goes you're you're kidding i said no <laughs> no i'm sorry and, uh, he just looked down, looked down at the ground as he, as he, as he slowly uh, uh, exited the restaurant. So anyway, sorry, I know, I know that's off the topic. It's like of, a solar uh, eclipse. Yeah. Oh, why? Because it only comes around oh, so often and yeah. people look forward to it. You have to like plan for it. You have to like be at the right spot. Well, that's like this formula thing. I didn't realize that there's this race thing in San Francisco. The formula was F1 racing or, or not San Francisco in Las Vegas. And uh, uh, everybody's all excited about it. And I thought it was here every year. I didn't realize it was like the Olympics or something. It just is coming like once. But anyway, sorry, back to the, CN, back to the CNS Summit. So, um, so tell us, you started to talk a little bit about what you were doing um, specifically. Maybe tell us a little bit about some of the day-to-day -day stuff that you do uh, uh, for the CNS Summit. Sure. Yeah, well, like I said, it's, it's the best job in the world. Um, it's a community that gathers once a year. Uh, this year it'll be in Boston, November 8th through the 11th. Uh, but we have year-round programming and activities as well. So on any given day, I might be on the programming side or the partnership side or doing kind of a, you know, head of operations um, uh, sort of activities. It, it really varies. Got it. Cool, cool. And when you're not, unlike unlike many who who uh, teach, you also do. But when you're not doing, you teach, right? You're a professor. Tell us about that. I'm a professor at Boise State University uh, since 2018 in the School oh, wow. of Public Service. Oh, excellent. What, what classes, uh, uh, if you don't mind me asking, what classes do you No, I don't mind at all. So my master's is in public policy and administration. So housed within um, kind of our school is master of public health, uh, negotiation, dispute resolution, mediation sort of degrees, um, anything, you know, public sector, uh, including criminology. Oh, wow. So I teach, you know, essentially communication. 
within um, within that school, especially challenging communication. Got it. How did how did the pandemic affect uh, uh, that that job? Significantly. Yeah, I um, I'm bo- I'm based in Boise, and of course, so is the university. And uh, I always I always taught in person. Um, but during the pandemic, I happened to be back at uh, my wife and I have a little place in Michigan, and I happened to be back there when it went on lockdown. Uh, so I our our classes all went virtual immediately, and uh, you know, add two hours. My classes were wrapping at eleven o'clock at night. Eastern Standard Time, but we really didn't change the curriculum uh, or the testing schedule or anything. Of course, I'm pretty hardcore when it comes to education. So my it, I don't, my thought was, you know, students are still paying for their education. They still, you know, are as present as ever. Uh, and it was up to the professors to really match that. So it felt important to me to um, continue my course load in the exact same way I had before to make sure they were getting as high quality as they could uh, but it all went virtual so you know you saw cats and kids and things in the background and right. everyone was kind of oh, learning God. when and how to mute and all these different things but it worked out fine okay cool are you guys back in the classroom now we're back in the classroom okay awesome and it all happened I mean it, it all happened very quickly as I remember right folks were out doing their thing Amanda and I were down in LA and in the beginning of the week, we were meeting with customers. In the beginning of the week, every place we went had to sign a form that literally said, I, I, I haven't been coughing and I haven't visited China within the last six months or something like that, right? And then by the end of the week, all the meetings were canceled. And then the, and then the, the uh, shelter in place started uh, for us in San Francisco the, uh, the next Tuesday, actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So. We got the lockdown orders on my birthday, March oh. 23rd in wow, Michigan tw- oh. from Governor Whitmer. Yeah, we wow. all received a text message, you know, emergency text message on our phones. Yeah, so happy birthday and you're standing where you are. <laughs> it was kind of great, though, actually. I mean, in, in the most twisted way, right? It was horrible right, right. Uh, in, in every way we realized. Um, but as many people have said, and I agree, um, you know, a number of us were very fortunate to write it out as well as we did. And I was in that very lucky bucket. And so it ended up being kind of nice um, downtime in a way, quiet time, at least those 10 weeks in Michigan. Wow. Wow. Yeah. We, uh, uh, I think we came back from LA on the 13th on a Friday. I remember it was Friday the 13th. And then Tuesday is when they had it. So that would have been what, 14, 15, 17th. Yeah. So about, yeah, yeah. Close. Very, very close. Cool. Cool. So, so now let's um, uh, maybe, maybe talk a little bit about, um, talk about the book uh, uh, Unrestricted. Uh, tell us a little bit about what um, you know. Uh, uh, obviously, I, I, I read through it and know the, the the topic, but but what made you decide to to, to write about it so openly and and and, and uh, tell tell us more about that. Sure. Yeah, and thanks for the opportunity. It's kind of my baby, so uh, it's it's nice to be Congratulations. able to talk about it. Thank awesome. you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, I have a dog and four chickens, and of course, I had no hand in that, but I had a pretty good hand in writing that book. Um, of course, I I wrote every word of it, but um, it took ten years. And it, it started as, because it was a side project and it really, I didn't set out to write a book that would be sitting on your desk right now. I set out to better understand how I got myself to such a dire place twice and to ensure that I never got there again. And I write to understand. Essentially, if I, if I haven't written about a thing, I don't feel like I fully comprehend where I land with it, uh, what I think about it. So that's my way of just integrating and synthesizing information. So I started writing with that intention. And then several years in, uh, my wife said, gosh, it seems you really are loving this process. Maybe we should send you to a writing retreat to find some time to really dive into it because I was just kind of grabbing time here and there as you do in life, you know. Um, and it was at that writing retreat. It was in Maine uh, where the, the folks who ran it said, I think you have a book here. 
there's some work to do on it for sure, but I think you have a book. So from that time forward, I, I restructured it such that it was more, you know, reader friendly. Um, and we published on uh, March 7th and launched at Harvard. Wow. Nice, nice. Cool, cool. And so what's, what, 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 what's, we kind of talked about the, the, the past. Uh, what, are, what, what, what are the, 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 the things on the horizon? What are, what are your upcoming projects? Wow, what a great question. I love that question. I have so much to look forward to in my life. I always do. Um, I'm lucky that way. So uh, we are, my day job, CNS Summit, you know, we're gearing up for Summit this year. So I am in the throes of programming. Last year we had 250 speakers, and I'm sure we'll have at least as many this year. Um, so just kind of putting together all of that and making sure we pull off an incredible event for everyone in November. Um, the book is definitely gaining steam and traction, which is wonderful. It's not just my story. It's definitely a call to action uh, to both standard care delivery and the research side of healthcare to look at anorexia differently. Uh, and that is a passion project of mine that I'm fortunate to have a lot of support in when it comes to balancing that with work. Um, so that's starting to gain steam. Um, I have opportunities to speak and to kind of share my story and to uh, address even healthcare systems and researchers and things like that. So that's been a wonderful, wonderful thing. My wife is doing a 1,200 mile bike ride in July. Oh, so wow. I'm, I'm <laughs> running support on that as well. That's in the near future. And I think that opens the door then for me to do something really significant next spring. So I'm thinking I'll go back to Nepal probably and stand on top of one of those mountains. We'll see. Wow! Wow! 1,200 miles and and the top of uh, the top of Nepal. Uh, <laughs> Not the very top, mind you, but one of them. Awesome! Awesome! Well, I was just thinking about increasing my dog walk from uh, one lap around the area <laughs> to two. Uh, awesome! Awesome! I have just one more question. How do you spell trials? With a Z, naturally. Oh, awesome! Awesome! Thank you once again. Uh, the book is uh, unrestricted. Uh, by uh, John Brockett, or, or Brock, is, uh, <laughs> Brock as we say, who know her well. Thank you, thank you so much, Don. I really appreciate you having me.